Welcome to episode nine of the Going Vegan podcast. This is Dan, your host. Thank you again so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Today's featured interview is with Vanessa Cabrera from Miami. You can find her on Instagram at type a vegan, type underscore a underscore vegan. She is vegan for the animals. Really excited to share. It's a wi- uh, wide ranging interview. Hits on a lot of topics from powerlifting to animal rights uh, to cooking. So we really hit on a lot of different different things. Uh, couple housekeeping things before we get into the interview. First, again, if you want to reach out to me, Instagram at going vegan podcast. You can also email me dan at going podcast.com. Second, uh, in two of these interviews recently, I mentioned this quote, I think it's if, if slaughterhouses had glass, everyone would be uh, vegetarian or everyone would be vegan, I guess what I've been saying. And um, I didn't know who to attribute the quote to, which I hate doing. So I wanted to get it, uh, get it in here. That's actually a quote by Sir Paul McCartney, which I was pleasantly surprised to see. Um, big fan of Sir Paul McCartney. So I'm glad I was unknowingly quoting him. So it's funny how that worked out. So I uh, want to get right into the interview today because it's full half hour interview, a lot of great stuff in there. So I really think you'll like it. Here is Vanessa. Hey everyone, this is Dan with the Going Vegan podcast back with another featured interview. As you know, every episode of this podcast features a guest to tell their story about how they became vegan, how they go about this lifestyle, how they suggest other people go about this lifestyle. What, what can we, what can other people do uh, to sort of take their first steps into this? Maybe if you're already following a vegan lifestyle, you pick up a tip or a trick that you can apply in your life. Today, I'm really excited to be joined by Vanessa Cabrera from Miami. You can find her on Instagram at type A vegan. It's type underscore A underscore vegan. Her tagline is vegan for the animals sharing what I eat to show how easy it is to be vegan. We've talked about this before on the podcast about how um, it does take being a little bit of intentionality to be vegan, right? It does take a little bit of planning, but I think part of the the purpose of Vanessa's whole Instagram page is that you can be busy, you can be a, a business owner, you can be sort of like a type A person who who can still follow this lifestyle and still fit it into what you're doing. So Vanessa, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Um, Tell, tell people a little, what do we need to know about you to understand your story? Um, no problem. Thanks for having me. My name is Vanessa Cabrera. I'm a board certified behavior analyst. So I give therapy to children with special needs. Um, I've been vegan since 2015 and I'm vegan for the animals. I, I, if you guys see my feed, I don't eat healthy all the time. I like sugar and candy. So uh, I'm vegan for, for to prevent the damage of animal agriculture and to help the environment. Uh, I really I appreciate you joining me. And I, I think I've talked to a lot of people now about this, and it seems like everybody sort of comes to the the same conclusion at the end of the day that it's the animal welfare side of this lifestyle that really brings brings people together. So you said you've been vegan since 2015. What was your diet like before that? Um, what was your lifestyle like before that? And why did you start initially making the transition to veganism? So I've always been relatively health conscious. Like I said, I, I eat junk food and stuff, but it's, you know, it's my more often health before I was vegan. I ate, it was never super consistent, but you know, generally lean meats, fish. I had given up red meat a long time ago because it really upset my stomach and dairy as well. But I would eat, you know, fish, chicken, vegetables, things like that. Fairly, fairly healthy. I probably started eating less healthy when I went vegan because it gave me like, you know, carte blanche to eat all the carbs I wanted. I think that's a thing a lot of us experience actually is um, people sort of equate a vegan diet with a healthy diet. Yeah. And the truth is, is those are, those are not 
I mean, yeah. they may or may go hand in hand, but they may not go hand in hand, right? I mean, you can eat Beyond Burgers every day for lunch and dinner, and you'll be vegan, but you're not going to lose a pound, and you won't be any healthier than you were before when yeah. you were eating whatever you were eating before. So I think that's really helpful. So it sounds like you um, – a lot of people say they kind of went cold turkey, and it sounds like you're not you're not saying that. You're saying you kind of did this transition where you went sort of cut out things over the course of a number of years. Is that right? Yes. So I did – Um, I do like that point, though, because I feel like veganism is kind of – they think it's like this little box, but it's the same as an omnivore diet. You can be really healthy and really unhealthy. So like when you see people talking about, oh, I went vegan and I, I got so unhealthy, it's like saying I went omnivore and I got so unhealthy, I must have done it wrong. I better go vegan. <laughs> it's kind of the same thing. But I stopped – it was around graduate school where I tried to do it the first time, but I did it more for health reasons, so I didn't stick to it. And then when I came home from, from grad school, I stopped eating dairy and meat because it hurt my stomach a lot. And then I started Googling recipes. And then when you Google recipes, you run into ethical vegans. Because I, I just Googled no dairy, no meat recipes because I like to cook. And then you run into ethical vegans. And uh, I didn't know where any of my food came from, like most people, you know. That's why you can vegans because we were all non-vegans before we knew what they did to the animals. So I started Googling more and learning more and then realized what they're doing to the animals. And I saw a lot of those things like voice for the voiceless and somebody has to help them. And the children I help with special needs are nonverbal usually. And our job is to get them verbal to minimize their vulnerability so they can defend themselves. So I didn't see a huge difference between those animals and my kids, you know, as far as their position and how somebody has to advocate for them, somebody who can talk for them. And I started, uh, I cut out meat completely then dairy products, then um, chicken, because I, I didn't like chicken too much to begin with, but I saw a few videos of chickens hugging each other and that was it, I couldn't do it anymore. And then I, I ate fish for a while and eggs because I thought, well, I have gone fishing before, so I'm not a hypocrite. If I can gut a fish, I should be able to eat it. And then I learned what, how commercial fishing affects the environment. And I learned, you know, that fish make friends and fish bond and they have fur. And then I ate eggs for a while because I thought, well, that doesn't hurt the hen, you know, she's just laying her eggs. And then I learned what the egg industry does to baby chicks. So like I always tell people, because, you know, people always want to ask you a lot of hypotheticals. I tell them if you have a pet chicken and you eat their eggs, I don't see a huge ethical dilemma with that. I'm not going to do it. I don't really want to eat someone's period. But, you know, I'm not I don't have a huge uh, ethical issue with it. But the, the the turning point was late 2014. My niece was born. And, um, you know, my sister and I thought, how do we show her what it is to be a good person? Because, you know, we're not particularly into organized religion. And I thought, well, you're supposed to help individuals that need help. And if people or animals have less than you, you're supposed to give. Like if you have strength that someone else doesn't have, you're supposed to offer it to help them. If you have money that someone else doesn't have, you're supposed to offer it to help them. So that made it really easy to go vegan. Because I thought, okay, well, I have to show her what it is to be a good person. And um, I have to say, it wasn't very hard. Like I know people say the transition must be tough, but I'm not a picky eater and I'm just really easy to veganize most Hispanic dishes. Like rice and beans are already vegan and delicious. Plantains are already vegan and delicious. Um, tortillas are already vegan and delicious. So it wasn't challenging. What was hard was uh, giving up items made with dairy because everything has dairy in it. So I had, because I, you know, I go to kids' houses to see them, it's long days. 
I would live off candy bars. So I would always get like a Twix between each client or I know the health vegans are going to kill me for this. <laughs> I would get a Snickers in between each client and uh, that was hard to give up. So I remember, um, so what I do is, is behaviorism uh, for a living. It's operant conditioning. And then the alternative is Pavlovian conditioning or classical conditioning, right? So the, the dog and the drew and the bell. So right. what I would do in, in moments of weakness, what I would do which is going to sound a little weird, is if I would buy the candy bar, I would make myself Google an image of a dairy cow and what they did to it. So image with the edible to make it uh, really easy for me to not want to eat it. So there was two times that I remember where I bought a Snickers bar. I was telling myself, you know, the animal already got milk. It's fine. It's not a big difference. I opened the bar and I said, you're a hypocrite. And then I threw it away <laughs> and I didn't eat it. So there was a lot of times like that. So I don't think, um, I don't think anybody has to go night or day and you didn't eat any animals you had a good monday and i think if it's tuesday and you didn't eat any animals you had a good tuesday you know so um i'm a firm believer in the fact that there's nothing wrong with people who aren't vegan they just don't have the information yet and if they have an open warm heart then it's likely that once they see the information it'll it'll change how they eat at least a little bit you know absolutely i have i you had made a lot of great points in there. I want to rewind all the way to the beginning of what you were saying. Then I, I want to try to work through some of the things that you were talking about, because I think that you, you hit on so many good points. Um, it, it just, it's just really interesting to me how you talk about sort of going step by step. And then, you know, when your niece was born and you realize that you kind of, you couldn't logically just stop it, right? You had to try to set a good example and how with these kids that you're, you're working with, how I, I think it just, Part, part of being the vegan lifestyle is you do, you want to help everything that needs help in the world, right? That, that's part of what we're trying to do. And it really doesn't, to not draw the limits between the people and the animals, I think to eat meat requires this cognitive dissonance where you just, it's, it's so horrifying that you just don't think about it because you can't think about it, right? So you just don't, you put it aside in yeah. a box. And um, I read a great, great quote. I can't, I, I don't know who to attribute to. I wish I did, but said, if you know, slaughterhouses are made of glass, everyone would be vegan because you just, yeah. you have to have that, that opaque line between what you're doing and what's going on. Because if you knew and you equated the two, you just wouldn't do it. So um, I think that kind of goes to what you were saying too, with when you're eating the candy bar and you're looking it up online, you're reminding yourself, these are one and the same, even though it's wrapped up in this nice packaging. Um, you kind of know what it is at the end of the day. And I think that's helpful for me too. And something that I can probably incorporate into my own life when, I, when I'm, I'm sort of feeling weak. I talk a lot about food on this podcast. So talking about yeah. Hispanic food and some things that I can try that are easy dishes to whip up. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I'm Nicaraguan and there's something called gallo pinto, which is a, a version of like red beans and rice. It's really, really good. I mean, unless you have like, unless you're my grandma, you're not going to make it right. So sure, <laughs> the sure, best sure. bet is the, the best bet is to just find it somewhere, but it, it's really simple. It's just cooked red beans for, you know, hours and hours and then over rice and then you kind of fry it all together. So it's like this just delicious mush and it's high protein, high fiber. And then, um, I eat a lot of like, uh, tortillas, not, not corn, not flour tortillas, corn tortillas. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, plantains, plantains or food I eat because you know it's comfort food it's the food that I had when I was a kid and then I do a lot of like uh, picadillo so ground the garden ground crumble I season it like you know like I have I'm also have Cuban like my Cuban grandma would season it so it tastes exactly the same like if I because we, we weren't tasting the meat we were tasting the onions and the peppers and all the seasoning so I right. do it just like she did it but I put the garden over rice with pitipois and plantains and it's, I don't see any difference so I don't feel like because you know a lot of people say well food is tied to your culture a lot 
um, but I find it's very easy to, you know, to veganize any, any dish and, um, and to make it as simple. But my go-to recommendation would be fry plantains. They're really you cut them and fry them. And uh, red beans and rice and a tortilla. That's hearty and delicious. I could eat that every day. I'm going to have to try that. And so uh, you do, you post a lot of the food that you make onto your Instagram page, right? Yeah, that's, that's pretty much all I want. I'm not super interested in getting my face out there, but I do want to share all the food. No, the food that you make looks fantastic. And I think, you know, part of what I'm trying to do is get people you know, into the lifestyle and, and what part of the, like I said, a lot of the, the, the gateway into the vegan lifestyle in general generally happens to be through food, um, which yeah. I think, you know, you probably notice when you talk to people and that's why your Instagram page is as successful as it is and why as many people follow you as they do. And they, they want to check out, you know, what you're making. So um, I, I love, I love that you're still doing it. So when you're going to, this, to the supermarket, what are some things like, what are some staples of your diet that you're always buying? So I should say that my, my eating is very inconsistent uh, because of my work schedule. It depends. And my mood. Sometimes, you know, Instagram shows all the nice stuff, but I don't show when I just eat crackers over the sink, you know, so right. I should probably show that too. Um, but it, just a side note, Instagram, as, as far as food, it's become very much like, you know, how Insta models, girls don't want to post their pics because they can't compete with that. Sometimes make a plate isn't pretty enough for Instagram I can't and then part of me is just post it because it's real food and you know real world but anyway um just depends things that I always get are these wasa wheat crackers because I like to put um uh, faux turkey slices on them with avocado avocado and tomato and salt and pepper smoked paprika and garlic salt and pepper smoked paprika and garlic make everything delicious like on salads on everything um anyway so tofu I do get tofu I get uh, faux turkey from Whole Foods, that's really good. And um, quinoa probably, and beans, chickpeas, they eat a lot of chickpeas, and a lot of arugula. I'm on an arugula kick lately. You're on an arugula kick? I like it. I've, yeah. been, uh, I've been eating a ton of chickpeas and like making hummus with my kids, and that's been like a big yeah. thing that I've been doing <laughs> recently. With Chickpeas have become uh, a pretty big part of our diet. Um, yeah. we, we talked a little bit too about how, um, before we started recording this, about how you were sort of trying to you know, break the mold of what a lot of people think, um, you know, a vegan looks like, should look like, or what really you should look like if you're following a vegan lifestyle. Can, can you talk to me a little bit about that? Because I thought it was such a great point yeah. you're making. When I started, when I started transitioning, you know, when you join any community, you always want to see some form of representation, right? Somebody you can identify with. So the, what I was seeing was, again, there's nothing wrong with this. It's just a lifestyle that I can't have. It's kind of like the hippie van life, thin women kind of thing. And I, I'm, I'm not a pro at it, but I do powerlifting and I, I'm, I'm interested in being strong, being able to lift heavy. So I started looking at um, uh, vegan powerlifters, vegan weightlifters, and I realized, you know, there's no difference or they don't have any deficits from the meat eaters. Um, and I started looking at what they bring them. And then I started, when I started eating vegan, I, like now I'm the strongest I've ever been as far as weightlifting and I'm, you know, I'm vegan. So all that whole the protein deficiency myth is, is there, but part of me thought, okay, I want to show, obviously I, I, we were in quarantine, so I had some spare time, but I thought I want to show that people like me who work a lot are high stress. I'm, I'm not a hippie. I'm very type A. I have a lot to get done. Uh, you can be vegan and it's not a huge deal. Like I don't, I don't meal prep on Sundays. I'm not particular. I just, you know, when I, I, get whatever is accessible in the moment. And sometimes that's the vegan big vegan Whopper. And sometimes it's just cereal because I love cereal. And sometimes 
Like my meals generally don't take more than 20 minutes to cook. I have uh, avant-garde vegan, his cookbook. So if I have some time and I really want to enjoy the process, I'll cook one of those recipes because they're beautiful. Um, but generally they're like tofu in the air fryers really quick. Uh, if I, I'm doing telehealth therapy with some of my clients, I can run and get uh, a block of vegan cheese and crackers and eat it here at my desk. I just wanted to show that you can be, that vegan doesn't equal anything except you're not eating animals. That's that's all it means. It doesn't have to come with any other stereotypes or any other, it's like any other issue. If you make blanketed statements or work off stereotypes, you're just missing out on meeting some good people. And um, I, before I was vegan, I heard stereotypes like, oh, vegans are this and vegans are that. And I have yet to come across anybody who's not really nice, you know? I, I don't know many vegans in real life because there's, there's just not too many, but at least on Instagram, I've never seen anybody shaming somebody else saying, oh, that's technically not fully vegan or that's not organic or you're going to animal hell. It's just uh, everyone's really nice and open. So I, I guess I just wanted to show you can be, you don't have to be a, a hippie that lives in a van and eats bully bowls to be vegan. You can just be someone who's really busy like anybody else, like most people are in America. And, you know, you get the food in when you can, how you can. And it's okay if it's not healthy all the time, as long as you're not hurting animals. I think that makes a lot of sense. And it was really perfectly put by you. And um, you can also be a heavy living in a van if you want to and be vegan, but you can, yeah. right, you can, yeah, you can walk, yeah. you can walk every walk of life. And it's such a great point to remember, yeah. really. And, and people in all walks of life are following this. And I think actually, a lot of people talk about documentaries is how they come into this lifestyle, right? Whether it's Forks Over Knives or, or Game Changers or uh, something like that. But one of the, I think one of the, my takeaways from Game Changers was um, kind of what you're talking about, where it's not that being vegan will make you a world-class athlete, but you can be a world-class athlete and be vegan, right? It does go that way. Yeah. And that was sort of the lesson of that documentary, or at least my takeaway was there are a lot of high-performing athletes, but you do kind of get those, um, you almost feel like you're in a Q&A session when people find out you're vegan, where they start asking all these hypotheticals, like you were saying, like, what if this, yeah. what if this before? <laughs> and one of those questions is always sort of about, like, how do you get enough protein? And yeah, I don't know, my answer usually is, I think about it exactly as much as I thought about it before, which was not all that frequently, right? Yeah, I just, it's I, about the same. <laughs> yeah, I eat, I eat the things yeah. that I want to eat. And generally speaking, what I'm eating tends to have enough protein for me to feel okay. That's kind of what my answer tends to be. Yeah. Um, and usually, you know, sort of is the case. Is there a big vegan power? Is there a vegan powerlifting community out there? I feel like there must be. I mean, I haven't, I'm always on the lookout for vegan friends, uh, but I haven't, I don't know a lot in real life, but I, um, part of the motivation why I powerlift is so that I can video my PRs wearing shirts that say vegan, <laughs> just to show. So all the shirts that I have that say vegan or plant-based are for the gym for my PRD. So I'm not, you know, I'm not super good at it yet, but if I can get a heavy deadlift and it can say powered by plants, people can see that. They can say, oh, look, she's got some thick legs on her and she's lifting and she eats plants. So I, I, I think that your point was really valid where I'm not really sitting there, you know, that meme with all the calculations and everyone's like confused, like, where do I get my protein? I don't really feel like it's any harder now than it is before. I do understand that our conditioning history has taught us what a meal is. And I understand that sometimes our food looks like side dishes to other people. But I think that just takes, you know, a little bit of conditioning on yourself. I use behavior analysis on myself all the time um, to kind of revamp what you think a meal is. But I don't run into a lot of questions or issues just because I, I live, you know, I mostly interact with my dogs and my employees and they don't care what I eat. My dogs are also vegan. 
all of my employees are treated to vegan food at all of our company events. My favorite places in Miami, I take them to. Um, so I don't run into a lot of questions, but when I do, I find that I give one simple answer and I never get resistance. Why are you vegan? I, I don't believe it's okay to hurt animals. I don't want to hurt them. And that's it. No, but I have yet to have somebody argue with me because I, I feel like you have to be kind of mean to argue with that. So I haven't, I haven't had somebody argue. Okay, say it one um, more time. I think, okay. I think it was so beautifully put. Say that, say that one more time, seriously. If they say, why are you vegan? I just say, I don't want to hurt any animals. Uh, it makes me sad. <laughs> and then yeah. that's about it. And then if they ask follow-up, like, oh, don't you miss it? No, it makes me sad when I think about it. Does it bother you when other people eat meat? Yes, it makes me sad because it reminds me of animals being hurt. So I'm, I'm not going to be the one that says, you know, you're a demon for eating meat, unless you're my immediate family. They don't get a filter. I tell them, like, that's a dead <laughs> cow on your plate. What okay. are you doing? How dare you? But they're really easy in my family because my sister allows me to be honest with my niece and my nephew. So if they say, do you want some Tianessa? I say, no, that's a baby cow and I don't want to hurt them. And for the most part, they eat pretty vegan. And they'll, t they'll say, I don't want to eat that. I like chickens. I don't want to hurt them. So I just, yeah. I, I give them honest answers and, you know, kids are sweet. They, they, they don't want to hurt any animals either. But um, I, I, you know, you always tell yourself, you're not going to be the preachy, angry vegan, but it's not, you know, you're not telling other people how to live their lives. You're advocating for a vulnerable population. If he ever says, you have to live and not live, my response is, if you see somebody walking their dog and they're kicking the crap out of it, are you going to say, that's their animal, that's how they choose to raise it, live and not live? Or are you going to try and intervene? Now, I'm in Florida. You know, people have like guns here, so maybe don't intervene too much, but you're at least going to say something. You're going to try because you're human and you want to help that thing. And I don't see the difference. So uh, live and let live kind of goes out the window when you're talking about advocacy for vulnerable populations. But like I said, I don't run into too many. I did have one troll uh, recently and I thought, oh, this is awesome. I've made it on Instagram because <laughs> I got a troll. You must be doing <laughs> something right when you get your first troll. Yeah, exactly. But generally it, the best response is, you know, I use, again, I use behavior analysis. So either extinction, no response, or I find that they get really irritated when you give them kissy faces, <laughs> kissy emojis. <laughs> get really mad so you just you know kiss the emojis is, is a way to get them them. i like it yeah what is what is the vegan community like in miami are there restaurants that are sort of popping up here in philadelphia where i'm located um we have a surprising number of very high quality plant-based restaurants here that have sort of popped up over the past few years um what's it like uh, down in miami I think it's great. I recently moved to an area where um, if I pull up my Uber Eats, I can, I have plenty of options. There's, um, there's big name restaurants, the Yard House, that's a chain of being available. My favorite of all time is Charlie's Vegan Tacos. Uh, Full Bloom Vegan is where I have my company events and they're great. And you know, it's all vegan. Uh, in my office, the rule is there's no death allowed. So my staff already know they can't bring meat into there. Um, but I give them food. Oh, I'm a nice boss. I give them food. You know what I mean? Like I feed them. But um, there's, a, I mean, I don't know a lot of vegan people, but I also, you know, I'm in my thirties and I work a lot. You don't really make friends at this age, you know? Sure, sure. So, um, but I do, uh, I have one good friend that's vegan and I hung out with anybody who says no to good food. So anybody that I spend time with is happy to go wherever I take them or whatever I cook for them. That's generally how I show veganism is just come over and I'll make you some food. You're going to like it because I cook awesome. And then, you know, you're going to see how easy it is to be vegan. I love it. I love it. Um, we talked about this before. We've kind of touched on it a few times, but um, you said you like your, your Whoppers, um, your Impossible Burger Whoppers. I also am a big fan of the Impossible Burger Whopper. I like my Beyond Burgers. I like my Violife cheese. I like my like sort of like replacement foods. 
sounds like you kind of do also. Yeah. Um, talk to me a little bit about like, you know, not only the plant-based meats, but also some of like the stem cell meats that are coming up. And I know you have some thoughts on those. Yeah. And I'm interested to hear yeah. what you have to say. So for the faux meats like Gardein and Whopper, they're delicious, but I use them very sparingly only because I have a really weak stomach and they kind of, you know, they give you a lot of heartburn for me. So, so if I'm cooking for somebody else, I'll use Gardein because it mimics what they know. Or if I'm out and about and I don't have time, I'll get that vegan Whopper because it's delicious. But I don't, don't eat a ton of them. For stem cell meat, so this subject comes up when you're, for example, if you're dating and you're vegan, if you find a vegan person, awesome. If not, those big questions come up because you're going to share life together. And if you're like me, where there's no death allowed in my home, you know, those things come up. So I've had discussions with people in the past where they say, well, there's stem cell meat. So I don't know enough about it as I should, but they're, they don't hurt the animal. They take a sample and they use stem cells to produce a Petri dish steak, you know, or whatever you want to call it. I'd have to find out more, more for me. Animals are housed and treated and how that works. But if they're treated appropriately and housed appropriately and they're not murdered, then I don't, I don't have an ethical uh, contradiction to that. My, my bottom line is don't hurt anything that can't defend itself because it's mean and uh, try and make the environment, you know, try and make the world a little less crappy if you can. Um, so I'm not opposed to them at all. I, I, and if anybody says, well, you're, you know, so you do want me to even though you're vegan, I don't care as long as you're not going to hurt an animal. So if it's a way to do it, and friend that always says technology will solve everything. And I think that's really true with things like this because of the lack of sustainability for animal agriculture, factory farming, that when there's alternatives like that, then you have options. And it's nice because you see the stocks and the revenue of all these meat companies and companies just plummeting. And, you know, the consumer has all the power, right? Our dollar is what makes the decisions. So if we're spending more on Gardein and you know, BioLife and Vegan Ace versus Hellman's and USDA, whatever, then these things are going to happen. And because it's supply and demand. So if we see options for stem cell meat and Petri dish meat, if anybody wants to say that's gross, let them go look at a slaughterhouse and compare the grossness of it. So I, I, I would take the Petri dish meat, you know, as long as I find out that they're treating the animals appropriately and nothing bad is happening to them. Yeah, I, I agree completely. And I think that, um, Something that I've said on this show a bunch of times in previous episodes is that there's a, and you, you touched on it in, in what you said tonight, which is there is a spectrum here of being vegan, right? And those go from people who are eating all processed food that are, you know, replacements for, for animal-based products, all the way to people who are eating like a pure whole food plant-based diet, which I'm talking about on, on a recent episode. And, um, it doesn't matter where you are on that spectrum. Just get as close to being on that spectrum as you possibly can. And then we yeah. can have it out about where you should be on there. Right. Let's get you on there first yeah. and then we'll figure out the rest. And um, I think, I, I think that's sort of what, a little bit of what you're saying too, is let's get people inside the tent and then we'll figure out where in the tent exactly you should be. Yeah. Cause it's a lot easier to change, you know, in what I do in ABA, we talk about conditioning history. We're changing behaviors that are pretty established. If you're changing someone's conditioning history, like me, when I was in my late twenties, when I transitioned, um, you know, you have to make things easy, right? So those alternatives make things easy. And uh, I remember I was in, um, I went to a, a raw vegan cooking class one time and it was really nice. We were having a good time, but then the lady started talking and she was like, oh, I can't believe people eat faux cheese. That's this would do that and I remember I raised my hand and I said I rock Taco Bell bean burritos all that time I rock you know follow your heart grilled cheeses as long as you're not you know hurting an animal 
there's no need to shame someone for being what you consider unhealthy. So the healthy is a very relative term. I, I believe that there's a whole lot of nonsense, a whole lot of, uh, I'm doing air quotes, nutritionists out there giving advice. So from, I'm not an expert, but from what I know, my best approach has been trial and error. If I eat it and it hurts my serpent, I don't eat it again. It so happens that I eat probably healthier than I represent. I do like for lunch today, I had crackers with avocado, tomato, and a whole bunch of bio life grated on top of it because it's so good and uh, vegan jerky. So I, I'm on board with less kind of overt judgment as to what other people are putting in their mouth as long as it's not hurting animals. If it is hurting animals, I'm comfortable with telling people that so that they're aware because I wasn't aware, I got aware, I changed. So in my head, I think, well, maybe if I tell people that, you know, their eyes will open and they'll feel sad and they'll stop doing it. I think, I think that's a great point. And I, I think that's a, a great tra transition to my last question for you, which is something that I, I sort of ask everyone who comes on, which is somebody's out there, they've either done it a little bit, been vegan for a little while and went back, or they're thinking about doing it for the first time. What do you tell that person? What, what's the first step they should take? How should they go about approaching this? I'd probably tell them that they're a really good person for trying remind them that they're helping animals that can't defend themselves and as far as food I would just say write down all the foods you like that are already accidentally vegan and just focus on those to start like my favorite question is oh but what do you eat and I would say whatever I want <laughs> what do you eat for breakfast cereal what do you eat for lunch sandwiches right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for dinner. like it's really easy you know it's not it's not that complicated but there's just a lot of misconceptions about it like there is for any other community so I guess I would generally Praise them for working hard and trying because change and then tell them, write down everything you already eat. And I can tell you all the junk food that's accidentally vegan, sweet chili Doritos, Sour Patch Kids, Airheads. Oh my God, so much good stuff. And they can see, they can, you know, they can get out of that mindset of, oh man, so many changes and I'm, I'm losing out on so much and, you know, start that way. And I would probably tell them also to, rather than punishing themselves when they make a mistake, praise themselves when they do well. And then I like the idea of posting online because there's so much positive reinforcement. People will say, oh, that's a nice meal that looks great. You're, get, you're getting positive reinforcement. Even for me, now that I have the page, I'm going to eat cereal. I'm going to tell myself, okay, let me take my time and make a, a dinner or whatever it is because I want to share it because somebody might see it and then they'll make it and then they'll hurt us. No, you're right. And with the exception of your one troll, the online vegan community is really overwhelmingly supportive and wants oh, yeah. to help other people and is really overly generous with, with compliments and helping people gain a following. It really is an amazing uh, community to be a part of. So um, Vanessa, thank you so much for joining me again. If people want to find you, it's at type a vegan it's at type underscore a underscore vegan on Instagram. They can check out some of your awesome content. Thank you so much for joining me. This was really a blast. I appreciate it. No problem. Thank you. Vanessa, thank you so much again for joining me. I really appreciate it. If you want to join me for an episode of the podcast, reach out to me, dan at goingveganpodcast.com or on Instagram at goingveganpodcast. Even if you don't want to be on the podcast, I'd really appreciate a follow. Come see what I'm doing in my garden on my Instagram page. I also post uh, a new post every time I put out a new interview, uh, new interview on one of these podcast episodes, so you'll never miss one. All right. Thanks so much for joining me. I'll be back with episode 10 shortly. Mm -hmm.